Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read 11 verses. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gesenaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the draw of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch man. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. Amen. What a great story. Amen. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we say thank you again. Thank you, thank you for giving us the voices to sing, giving us a heart to pray. Father God, giving us a, just giving us the, the desire to want to come into God's house. We do this week after week after week after week after week, Father God. And like these fishermen, Father God, sometimes we get frustrated too. We toil and we work. But Father God, we know you said in your word. That you're going to make us fishers of men, Father God. I think you are true and faithful. And we are fishing, Father God. We are fishing for men, Father God. We just ask right now, Father God, that you would just touch our lines, touch our nets, Father God, that we will be able to do your will. Amen. 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 Interesting, interesting story here. We talk about Jesus and radical Jesus. I'm, I, I could probably stay on radical Jesus. If I'm preaching Jesus, I'm preaching on radical Jesus. Jesus has some stuff. But here, here we find one of the great fish stories of all time. Now, this is a good story for me because prior to getting saved, I've done a lot of things. Fishing was something I really enjoyed to do, enjoyed doing. Columbus still don't believe me. He, don't, he didn't believe me. He don't, you ain't no fisherman. I got fishing poles. I, was, I got fishing poles. I got fishing tackle boxes, all that stuff. I got all that stuff, but I think verse 11 kind of hit me in the mouth a little bit. They forsook all and followed him. I ain't have time to fish. 
for fish. These men were at the lake. They were at the lake. And they were there to see Jesus. Verse number one, verse five. I'm going I'm to talk about this ship. They were there to hear Jesus. And it says that the people pressed upon him to hear the word. So they were really backing Jesus up into the water. They wanted to hear the word. How about that? Imagine you had that kind of hunger and thirst for the word of God. Nothing would stop you. And if you had an opportunity to hear Jesus speak, you'd be running to him. So Jesus seen the situation. He evaluated the situation. And, and, and the word of God said, the word of God said in verse two, that he saw two ships standing by the lake. He knew, he, he knew whose ships they were. How do I know that? People say, how do you know that? He knew everything. See, I can say that about Jesus. I can say that about none of you guys. Okay, Jesus knew exactly whose ships where they were standing by the lake. Amen. Okay? But the fishermen were gone out of them. How about that? Now stay with me. The fishermen had gone out of the boats. They, had, they, were, they were absolutely done. Okay? They were done fishing for the day. And they were washing their nets. Something that you had to do in that day. Because they fished in salt water. And in salt water, if you didn't clean your nets after you brought them out of the salt, they stayed up in the sun, they would do what? Rot. They would dry rot. And then when you throw them in to the lake and take a large load of fish, guess what? The nets break. Same thing would happen if I took one of the fishing poles out of my garage I hadn't used in four or five, maybe ten years and used the same string. And throw it out there and catch something. Guess what? There's a good chance that that line is going to break. So, so I, what I would need to do before I ever go fishing, probably change all the string on my fishing poles. Probably one of the reasons why I haven't gone fishing because I know I don't want to do that. Okay? So, so verse number three. I think it's interesting here. Verse number three. Jesus enters one of these boats. I like that. He enters Peter's boat. Peter was the master fisherman. How many of you, how many of you guys have heard of KVD? Nobody. Until this morning, I hadn't heard of KVD. All right, let me tell you who KVD is. Because Peter's KVD. KVD is Kevin Van Dam. Still haven't heard of him, huh? You heard of Kevin Van Dam? He's the greatest bass fisherman of all time. He's the Tiger Woods of fishing. Seriously. Okay? I mean, this guy has made over $6 million fishing. Think about that. He's won 25 bass tournaments, seven bass masters of the year awards. This guy's the baddest fisherman. This is what they say about Kevin Van Dam. His initials are the most feared in bass fishing. How about that? That's deep, ain't it? What the internet can you use some information, boy? You, you know, you just, I don't even know how I went there. You see a picture of Kevin Van Dam? He got the jacket on. You never see the NASCAR drivers? And they got all the patches and everything. Toyota. They got every everybody. He, he's that. He's that. He's that. That's Peter. That's Peter. In a, in, a, in a nutshell, that's Peter. 
So Jesus gets into Peter's boat. He gets into the baddest fisherman on Lake Gadesaret. All right. Peter knew that lake like it was back of his hand. So, I mean, you talk about some of these people, we go on a, you go on an excursion up the lake here. They know that lake. They know where the wall is at. Okay, and the wall I ain't biting, they're gonna take you where the perch is at, because they know the ship. They know the sea, rather, they know the lake. Okay, so when Jesus stepped on that boat, this is what's interesting. Wherever Jesus shows up, it becomes a place of worship. How about that? Whenever Jesus shows up somewhere, that place it becomes a place of worship. So when Jesus showed up on that boat, that, be, that boat became a place of worship. That boat became a place of fellowship. That, plate, that boat became a place of intimacy, a place where the word of God was going to be preached out of. And so when Jesus got on the boat, it changed. Before he got on, before he got on the boat, Peter already told him, listen, we've been out all night. It was a place of frustration. OK, it was a place of labor and frustration. That boat, that boat was a Peter didn't want to have nothing to do with it anymore. They had got left the boat. And they was cleaning their nets. They was done for the day. OK, they was done for the day. OK, but Jesus got in the boat. And they got in the boat with Jesus and it changed everything. It changed everything. Think about it. Everywhere Jesus went. I don't care. He changed things. Before Cindy and I, before Cindy and I came here this morning, this was just an empty building. Think about that. When Cindy and I came into this building, this building wasn't doing anything. When Cindy and I came into this building, what happened to this building? It became church. How about that? We arrived by it and said, that's the church over there. But it's just a building until the spirit of God shows up. Until the people of God comes, it's just a building. But when Cindy and I came into the doors this morning. The Spirit of God came into the building with us and it became church. Amen. It became the house of God. Okay? Somebody, somebody dragged me there this morning where the Bible said where two or more are gathered in my name. Yes. I am in the midst. Okay? So, without going into that, to that verse a whole lot more, remember when Jesus was walking through Jericho? In Luke 19, it says this. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, excuse me, which was chief among the publicans. I just want to talk about how Jesus turned this man's house into something that it wasn't. He was chief among the publicans. I almost said Republicans. The publicans, and he was rich. Okay? He was rich, meaning what? If he, was, if he was chief among the publicans, meaning tax collectors, and he was rich, that means he got rich by doing what? Stealing. And no, nobody in here, nobody in here like, I can't wait till April 15th tax, tax season starts. I can't wait to pay my taxes. Nobody in here think like that. Okay? Amen. <laughs> nobody in here think like that. No, nobody in here think like that. I know I don't. Okay? Amen. And so he he seen he seen Zacchaeus. 
who had climbed up into a sycamore tree. A sycamore tree was a big leafy tree. It was a tree designed to shelter you. Nobody should be able to see you in a sycamore tree because the leaves was real, real big and they, it, was, it was an easy way to hide. But when Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus was, the Bible says he looked up and saw him. How about that? And said unto him, never met him. Nobody ever introduced Jesus to Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, call him by his name. How about that? Make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he made haste and came down and received him into his house. The Bible says joyfully, joyfully. Think about it. And when they saw it, the people, they all murmured. Saying that he has gone to be guest with a man that's a sinner. But something happened to Zacchaeus' house when Jesus was there. When the word of God was there. Okay? And, and it should happen to our houses. The Bible says Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. And, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I'll restore him fourfold. Meaning... He was about to go broke. What did Jesus say? What can make a man give that kind of testimony? What can make what can make a man give that kind of testimony? Okay, when we have an encounter with the Lord, when we have an encounter with the Lord, we don't have to do. We, we had a good conversation with Christine this morning. We, none of us, none of us, you know, God didn't come to save the, the the perfect. Okay, He came to save sinners. All right, so. Zacchaeus didn't go to the people and make this confession. He made this confession to who? To the Lord, all right? And, 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 and here's what Jesus said when he made that confession, okay? And all of us, all of us have something that we need to confess, all right? And Jesus said unto him after he made this great profession, confession, this day, this day, is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. How about that? And then verse 10, profound. This is one of the great verses in the Bible. All right. This is a verse that we use when people say when you when you think somebody is just too far gone to be saved. We run into people like that. We think they're too far gone to be saved. Well, we got Zacchaeus here saved. He wasn't, he wasn't as bad as Paul because Paul said, I was chief, not Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't say I was chief sinner. Paul said it. So he wasn't as bad as Paul, but he was bad. But Jesus said, for the Son of Man, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Lost mean what? Lost mean lost. Out of the will of God. Okay. Not caring about the things of God. Zacchaeus, when Zacchaeus was doing his thing, he wasn't caring about the things of God. I can give you another story. When Jesus passed Matthew at the tax booth, and Matthew, Matthew just dropped everything and started serving the Lord. But, but, but Luke's, Luke's interpretation of Matthew says that Matthew gave a great party. He gave a party, and all his friends was there with Jesus. So Jesus turned Matthew's home again into the house of God. Just like he turned this boat into the house of God. What makes, what makes 
the church so special. This is this is what's so dear to me. And I'm looking at this lesson. I started working on this lesson earlier in the, early in this week, earlier than I normally do a lesson because I knew I had a busy schedule with all the veteran pennies. But but what makes a church? What makes the church so special? And we look around and say, well, you know, our church ain't special because we only got a few people. We may have a half, a 10, 15, a good day, 20. But what makes the church special? Not the people who attend. I, I, you know, I, I, prepared, I prepared to preach even if it's just one. If just Christine showed up, I'm, I'm just going to preach the same way. I'm going to prepare the same way. Everybody call me and say, we can't make it today. We can't make it today. I'm going to still prepare and preach for Christine. Amen. Why? Because Christine ain't going to be here. When we open the doors of this church and we enter this church, the Redeemer, the Savior, yes. the Rescuer. I'm giving you names for the, names for the word Redeemer. The Deliverer, the Liberator is here. How do I know that? Because I have scripture to back it up. Job, when Job was being attacked, remember Job was being attacked. And then, you know, God said, God said about Job, he said, this is a good man, a righteous man who, who, who fear evil. Job was a righteous man in God's eyes, but his friends thought Job was a, was a scum of the earth. And here's what Job said. Here's what Job said. Y'all know this verse. In Job, Job 19, 25, I love this verse. Job said this. After his friends was beating on him. You ever had friends beat on you? You ever had loved ones beat on you? You ever, you ever, you ever people falsely accuse you of different things and they just beat on you? And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Because you know they're wrong, and, and, but you know this. And you know like Job would say, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Keep that verse in your back pocket when you come under attack. When people attack your faith and attack your walk and attack your sincerity to the things of God, you can say like, Joe, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Okay? And then, then he goes on to say this part of it. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Meaning, when I stand before the Lord, when my time is up on this earth, okay, God will clear my good name or your good name or your good name. Okay, Paul, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he writes to the Corinthian church about the spirit of God being in the church. He says this in, in 1 Corinthians 5, 4. He said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How about that? How about that? Paul, Paul kept the Lord Jesus Christ on his tongue. Okay. Amen. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come into this church. All right. Okay. We come into this church in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I have a problem. And then I, you know, I, I listen and I watch. And I say, Sylvia, you're going to pray. Praying in the spirit of God. He'll get up there and talk crazy. If Jeremy praying, he's going to pray in the spirit and the power of God. Same with, with Jake. I didn't sit here and, oh, I wonder if they're going to say something crazy. No. No. They're going to pray in the spirit of God. They're going to pray in the power of God. The power of God, the power of God lives in the, in the hearts, in the minds of those who are redeemed. Let me talk about the redeemed. Not only is the redeemer here, but the redeemed are here. What, what, what's, what's, what's redeemed? 
I don't, I don't mean to be condescending, but I just like to make sure I'm clear. Okay? We, we sing the song, we heard the song saying, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed how? By the blood of the Lamb. That's what John the Baptist meant when he seen Jesus coming. Behold, the Lamb of God, which cometh to do what? Take it away the sins of the world, okay? We simple. We sinful. Let me give you some, some, uh, some names for the redeemed, okay? Saved, okay? So anybody been saved, you have to be saved from something. If, you don't need, if, you don't, if you're not saved from anything, you don't need to be saved. You can't even put that on you, okay? You've been saved. Okay, you don't like that one? Converted, Okay? You don't like that one? Some of you older folks, some of you older folks like Blanche might be able to understand this word, emancipated. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the Emancipation Proclamation when the Negroes was free. We's free. That, that was a crime. Now we's free. The other folks didn't hear it until June 19th. You know, they call it Juneteenth. Say, so we didn't hear that. Emancipated. Let me put it in, in biblical form. Sylvia laughing at me. Emancipated means that, that, that you have been set free. God has, through his son, Jesus Christ, emancipated us from what? From sin. From sin. From the grip of sin. From the condemnation of hell. You don't have to live like that. You can live like you want to live. Because you know one thing for certain. If we die today, we're not going to hell. The redeemed, the redeemed of the Lord can say that. The converted can say that. The emancipated can say that. The deliverer can say that. The rescued can say that. Okay? I was reading, and, and, and I, you know, the internet gives you all, whatever you, whatever you, you just turn it on. And I got mine set to news. So there was a big crash in Houston, Texas. Uh, uh, he, they, I mean, they gave it. It was a what is that? A three hundred? What's that? Who makes it? Chrysler three hundred. Mm-hmm. Chrysler three hundred. I don't know if the guy hit the brake by accident. They don't know the cause of it. But he went through an intersection going like ninety miles an hour and hit a Honda Pilot full of football players. One of them was a one of them was a retired NFL player. He got killed and. Eight people got killed in the accident. Matter of fact, a homeless person was on the side road. He got killed. Okay? Now, what do you think I think of when I hear that? Now, everybody, you know, I'll, I'll read the comments. You know, I'll, I'll read the comments and people, everybody, rest in peace, rest in peace, rest in peace. And I'm thinking, I, I, don't, I don't want to think about somebody resting in peace if they wasn't saved when they got hit going 90 miles an hour. Somebody said, nobody, no man knows what? The day or the hour. Okay? The saved, the converted, these are the redeemed, the emancipated, the delivered, the rescued. No, what word am I, what, I leave out of there? Not the perfect. Okay? Okay? A perfect person don't need no redeemer. Okay? A revelation. Revelation 5, 9. You're going to have a new song. You saved, you got a new song. You got, you got a new ear for music, okay? We may, be, we may be not listening to some of the stuff we used to listen to, all right? You got it. You got it. You've been converted. Revelation 5, 9 puts it like this. 
These converted people, these emancipated people, these delivered people, these rescued people. It says, and they sung a, a new song. How about that? They sung a new song. See, when God saves you, he's going to get a new song on your heart. He's going to have a new, so who's used to saying that song? I got a new attitude. That wasn't a biblical song, but it made sense to me. I got a new attitude. They sung a new song, and the song went like this. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain, here we go, and has redeemed us to God by the blood. That's a good song. That's a good song. We've been redeemed by the blood. I, I, I work with a lot of folks, a lot of folks. I was, matter of fact, I was doing one of these little, one of these little veterans pending this week, and a lot of the Catholic folks was there, and afterward we would have a luncheon and everything, and the one, the one, lady, the one lady that worked with me, she was showing the, showing the ladies the, their, 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 her grandson, and, and the one lady said, whoa, whatever you do, whatever you do, take them to church and, and get them sprinkled and have it, and whatever they do at the Catholic church. Jake, you know all that. Okay? And, I, and, and I'm sitting there <clears throat> And I'm sitting there like, listen, listen, lady, didn't say it to her. You know, I'm not, I'm not that callous. I didn't say it, but I thought it. I'm like, that sprinkling ain't going to do a thing. Okay. Amen. That sprinkling ain't going to do a thing. All right. If it did, I would carry me some sprinkles around with me. I'll just have a bottle on me all the time. Just, you know, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you something, man. There's some stuff be going on in here. Okay. I mean, like, I'll be just like, oh, it's just a sprinkle just for the heck of it, you know? <sighs> I, I mean, every time somebody calls me, I just sprinkle before I answer the phone. It's like, sprinkle. sprinkle. <laughs> Y'all be like, give me some of that. Hmm. The church is special. The church is special. You know, I had a conversation. Sylvia and I talked a little bit this week. The church is special. It's a special place. Okay. And we, we have to work hard to keep it special. Okay, Amen. and sometimes, sometimes keeping keeping something special, and Satan, if Satan know is special to you, if Satan know something is special to you, you think he gonna make that thing more special to you? Do you? No. The, the church is special. Why? Think about it. I'm not getting far with this lesson. I I, I really got like thirty pages, and I got this one here. And one, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to give you what God told me. God puts it on my heart. The church is special. Why? Because God is praised here. We praise God here. Somebody said, hey, somebody may watch us on Facebook or hear us singing and say, oh, y'all ain't praising the Lord. We praising the Lord. Let me tell you something. We praising the Lord, okay? It might not sound like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, okay? But we praising the Lord. Or should I just speak for myself? I'm not praising the Lord in here. I know I mess up some of them songs. Y'all be wanting to look back and don't want to embarrass me. But I know I say I'll be off. Okay. But in God's, in God's eyes, he, he, that boy doing the best he can. Oh, what he got. Okay. We praise the Lord. We praise, we praise and preach the son of God. The son of God is preached here. I like it when I hear Jake say that. I like it when I hear Jake say that. Preach the word. He, he's almost, he's challenging me every week. So if I ever stand up here one week and Jake is praying and he say, we, we, he going to preach the gospel and, and I got some political message or why you shouldn't eat hot dogs. See, I, I, I just sort of like what Paul said. Y'all know where I'm going with that. 
Paul said, preach the word. In, be instant. In season and out of season. Don't matter. You know, it don't matter. When I sit there for all them people, all them people, all them workshops I did this week, all them veteran pennies, you know what? I, I closed every, every one of them workshops out with prayer. With prayer. With prayer. And, and I, don't, I don't know where them people was at spiritually. But when I said, Let's, let us pray for these veterans, everybody in that room about their head. And you know what I pray? Y'all know how I pray. I ain't changed nothing. I ain't changed nothing. Amen. Ain't changed nothing. Okay. The, 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 the church is special because what we find here. What a, what, a, what a wonderful time we had this morning in Sunday school. What a wonderful time we had. We see, we always have a good time. I have to put Marion on timeout. Marion, timeout. You know, the lesson was so good to her. She just wanted to just. But, 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 and, and this is, I, I'm just reading this. It's special because of what we find here. There is food for our souls. Did not we get fed this morning in Sunday school? That was one of the great lessons in the Bible about David. Okay, and, and his disobedience and his sin and how, how God dealt with David. We find, we find freedom from our setbacks. We, all of us don't have great weeks. Sometimes we have to drag ourselves into the house of God. It's been tough. Okay? It's been tough. It's been draining mentally and physically. All of us in here have wives and families. We, you know, we ain't waking up every day. Every day ain't 100%. We ain't running on 100% every day. Okay? Ain't no, I don't believe anybody in here right now on 100%. Amen. Okay? Sometimes we roll in here 40%. Phones still work on 40%. Okay? See? See, see you, you, you can still make a call 15%. Now you start getting worried, you know? But you, if you expect to come in here and you be on 100 every time you come here, you will never come to church. I think that's why many people don't come to church anymore, because they feel like they got to be 100 percent. No, you ain't going to be 100 percent. OK. 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 I try. I, I try to stay in the 60s and 70s. We thank God for the church, for fellowship makes it special for fellowship. How about that? A couple weeks ago, we had fellowship dinner. That was special. That was special. Okay? That was special. Food for our souls. Freedom from our setbacks. Fellowship with the saints. Okay? I know what time Margaret was coming in here this morning. I was waiting, listening. Man, that's that's got to be Margaret, because I know. You know, it's, it's quarter tail, ten tail. But that's, that's, that's part of fellowshipping, you know? Look forward to seeing her. She walk in the room. Y'all ever see me? She's Margaret walking in the room, dap me up all the time. Y'all ever notice that? She walk in the room. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? We thank God for the church. I was talking about thanking God for the veterans, and I prayed this week. We thank God for the veterans, but we, we need to thank God for the church. Amen. We need to thank God for the church. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because the word of God says, husbands, love your wives. How? Like Christ loved the church. So if Christ loved the church, we all love the church. It's hard for me to believe that you are you, you born again and you tell me that you have no desire to go to church. That is a, that's a lie to me from the pits of hell. If you can say, well, I can have church at home. I hear it all the time. I can have church at home. Yeah, I hear the toaster pop up in the back. 
changing laundry, kids running around, you going to pouring coffee. But well, you having church. You ain't having church. You ain't having church. How do I know that? Because the fellowship of the saints is important. Okay? Is important. My heart, when, when, when I sit here and see Columbus car pull in this parking lot, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. I was like, thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jesus. You heard my prayers. Think about that. We thank God for the church. We live in a crazy world. Think about this. God's calling us to go out into a crazy world witness. People, people depressed and mental illness and drug use and hopelessness. People dealing with anger and racism. Folks, folks just, just have abandoned the local church and now we got to witness to them people. Do you know how that is not an easy task? No, 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 no. That is an impossible task. Without what? The church. Without the power of God living in you. Without the word of God living in you. People say, well, you ought not pray for the, pray for the church. I'm not, I mean, I say pray for the church. I don't mean pray for this building. All right? And we got a great building. Y'all, we, I, I think sometimes we underestimate how, how good God has been to us. We, we, we really got it going on. Y'all say, well, Pastor, don't say that. Listen, we got more money than we need. And that ain't a lot. You know, when he sent the, the disciples out, when he sent the disciples out, I don't know how much money we got. I don't even know how much money we got. Why don't send me a bill or nothing yet in a month, a couple of months? I don't know how much money we got, but I know we got more than enough. Okay? Okay? When he's, when I, when I know that, because when he sent the disciples out, he told them to do what? Take just a staff. Don't take but one coat. Take a staff. Don't take no money. Can't tell that to the preachers today, can you? They ain't going nowhere. They got, they got, they got the churches paying for their house, paying for their car, paying for their Medicaid, paying. For, they got their gas card. I talked to some of these people. Church, little bitty church like up, like we got. We the, church, the pastor got a gas card, housing allowance, kids going to college. I'm like, what? No wonder y'all can't buy no chicken. Yeah, big grill, big grill outside the church. They they selling fish dinner, turkey, chicken dinners, and barbecue every week. The church. We can do a lot more than we doing. I listened last week. I listened. Y'all think y'all see I worked in a prison for a long time. You know what you know one trait that you've learned working at a prison? Eavesdropping. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm just standing here. You know, and one of the things they wanted us to know because inmates never went by their real names. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if, if y'all was all inmates, you know, you, we would know who Shorty is. <laughs> I had an inmate, and he was from this area. His nickname was Snap. Snap. Now, what's that tell you? He gonna snap. <laughs> snap loved me. I was snap was not. I, you know, I show up. I, I, I'm clockwork, okay. And my shift started at seven o'clock, six forty-five. I'm at my desk drinking my coffee. Guess who's sitting next to me? Snap with his coffee, and we talking. We talking. We talking. So 
So a white dude, inmate, walked up to my desk while Snap was sitting next to me. Snap was a bad boy. And he come up in my face talking crazy to me in front of Snap. He's like, man, listen, you ain't doing your job. You know, I, I asked for I asked for you to cover my commentary. Some kind of crazy stuff. He was all over me. And, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm like, you know, all right, man, whatever. Snap said, don't, don't worry about it. I got that. That wasn't good. So uh, 6.45, next day I'm at work, sitting at my desk. Snap sitting there. The same white guy come up to me. He wasn't walking the same. He walked up to me. He's like, he's like, listen, sorry, Neil. I apologize for yesterday. I all out like this. <laughs> I gotta give y'all some of that just to break break up everything. What? I don't even know where I go. I'm, I'm totally lost now. <laughs> you know what? And you know that was a good dude. He passed away. You know, he, he passed away. He got out and snapped on the wrong person. And they snapped back. But um, oh god. All right, I'm gonna keep moving. I'm gonna keep moving. The church, the church. Now, what did Jesus do when he got on that boat? When he got on that boat, when he turned that boat into a church. I know I had wrote my notes. You know, he, he turned that boat into a church. And what did he do? He taught. Okay? He taught. And we've been, we've been all morning teaching. This, the Sunday school lesson this morning just brought out all kind of truth. But when you come to church, uh, and, I, and, I, and I watch you guys. I watch, I watch Toya and I watch Jeremy. I watch most of you guys in here. You come in here with a Bible and you got a notebook and a pen. He's taking notes. And, you want, and that's good. That's good. Paul said to, to, the, to the Bereans, he said the Bereans were more noble. Acts 17, 11. He said they were more noble than the Thessalonians because they took notes. And they questioned the things that I said. If something didn't jive that the apostles said, they come back the next week and say, hey, can you, can you kind of go over that one more time, make sure I understand it clearly because it ain't, it ain't computing. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. But when you come to church, I mean, if you come to church and, you know, you're having a good time. And you leave and, you know, somebody asks you, call your sister or somebody on the phone. What y'all, what y'all preacher, pastor preach on this morning? Ah, girl, girl, we, ah, girl, we had a good time. I don't know what he preached on, but man, man, we were rocking up in there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. All that rocking up in there, when all hell break out in your life, when cancer knock on your door, and, and, and frustration and pain and sorrow knock on your door, all them good time sermons. All them good time sermons ain't going to mean nothing. Okay? Amen. They ain't going to mean nothing. All right? You know? All that. Stomp. We going to stomp and, and, and shackles on my feet. Ain't nobody singing that when they come to, the, when they come to your funeral. And you want to hear blessed assurance and amazing grace and the old rugged cross. Ain't nobody singing no stomp, stomp, and all that. No, no, no. No. Get out of here, Pastor. I want y'all to hear some word. I want y'all to have some word in you because it's getting ready to get a little rough. It's getting ready to get tough. You know, things ain't, you know, 2024 ain't looking good. I'm just wanting to tell you, I'd be, I would be, I would be remiss to, to make sure that we prepare for what is possibly coming down the pipe. Y'all ain't noticing it already. 
If y'all ain't noticing already. Okay. Now when he left speaking. Verse 4. Now when he left speaking. Luke chapter 5 verse 4. He said unto Simon. How about this now? He didn't stop speaking. Okay. Jesus did this often. Okay. Remember he, he lowered the man down through the ceiling. And he, and he told a man. He told a man. He said your sins are forgiven. And the, and the folks on the sidelines doing what they always do, murmuring, who can, who can forgive sins but God? Oh, oh, Jesus said, listen, listen, I can forgive his sins. And to prove that I am God, he told that man, what? Pick up your bed and walk. How about that? Same scenario here. He had done speaking. Okay. He had done speaking. And he said to KVD. Uh, y'all remember KVD, right? He said to Peter, KVD, Bass Master. All right. Tiger Woods efficient. He said, Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a draw. He gave him a twofold command. Two things he told Simon to do. Launch out into the deep and let down them fresh nets that you just cleaned. Now, you imagine how frustrated Simon must have been? Anybody, any, any of y'all know any know-it-alls besides yourself? You know what y'all would have said. See, see, some, see we sometimes we get, we, get, we get too high and sophisticated. Because if Jesus would have said that to us, after we didn't sit there and fished all night and caught nothing, we didn't cleaned our notes, our nets, washed out our boats, ready to go home. Bless you, man. We ready to go home now. We've been fishing all night. Thomas, you a fisherman. You know, you ready to chill now. It's time to go home and lay it down. And, and yeah, maybe that's what we just said. Jesus, you must be out of your mind. But nevertheless, okay, I'm not going to put it like that. And Simon, KVD, answering said unto him, Master. No, 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 put it in my own terms. Listen, Master, I know you fed 5,000 folks with two fishes and five loaves of bread. I, you know, you've been raising people from the dead, opening blind eyes. But I run this lake, okay? I'm Kevin Van Dam. I'm the Bass Master. That's really what he's saying, Jeremy. Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. Wait a minute. We have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, what you talking about? Mm-hmm. We didn't clean our nets and we ready to go home and chill. Okay? So, so Jesus must have just been sitting there looking at him like he's crazy. All right? Yeah, I didn't ask you. <laughs> yeah, basically. I didn't ask you all that, Simon. Then Simon looked at him and, and said, nevertheless. You, know, you ever heard somebody tell you nevertheless? That, that's sort of condescending. That's sort of way, a backhanded way and say, whatever. Just because you're my dad, I'll do it. Just because, you know, you're the boss, I'll do it. 
You didn't want to do it. You didn't really want to do it. Ain't that what nevertheless means? You didn't really want to do it, but you because you're not in authority, you just sort of like, you know, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let the net let down the net and let you make a fool of yourself. That making sense? Danny gonna get that way with Jake after a while. <laughs> Nevertheless, Dad, you know, you know, you know. Think about it. When your kids are there, Jeremy, and we all had kids. When they fourteen and fifteen, they know everything. They don't find out how smart you were until they get in their twenties. Ain't that right, Sylvia? Until they like, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why she was saying, "Don't run the furnace all night or keep it furnace on 69. Um, you know, it was easy to run the furnace on seventy five when you at home and you ain't paying the heat bill. I mean, you can stay in the shower for 20 minutes at home when you ain't paying the water bill. Well, I ain't, I ain't half a sandwich. You ain't bought the bread. You ain't bought the meat. Half a sandwich, I, I'll eat it later and throw it away. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Glorice ain't doing that now, is she? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, come on. Nevertheless, at thy word, at that word, listen, and what God's getting ready to do, you know what God's getting ready to do? He's getting ready to show him something. Amen. He's getting ready to show him something. Listen, John 1.14. I thought about John 1.14 when I was this morning. I was just writing all this stuff in. John 1.14, watch. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. How about that? You know what God getting ready to do? You know what Jesus is getting ready to do? Show Peter his glory. Excuse me. He's getting ready to show Peter his glory. How about that? Has God showed you his glory? How about that? Has God showed you his glory? This is not the first time. This is not the first time. And John 1, 21 and 6 had the same situation. He had to tell him, cast the net on the right side of the boat. Okay? Listen, as I close. As I close. Peter was saying, we professionals. We got it all together. Jesus is saying, Peter, I understand, Peter, you understand this lake. But let me say this. I'm going to make you better than this lake. I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's what he said. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Okay? And you cannot be a fisher of men without having the spirit of God in you. Now, any fishers in here other than Columbus? Jeremy, you ever done any fishing? Serious fishing? Serious fishing is difficult. Yeah, a lot of days you're going to go out and you ain't catching nothing. Okay? A lot of days you just go out and you, somebody asks you, Hi, how was your day on the lake? Ah, I just fed the fish. You know, you go home and, uh, and you didn't pay five, six dollars and probably more for a bucket of minnows and all the minnows is dead and you ain't got no fish. You be wanting to eat the minnows. I think they do serve them. They call them something else, scalps or something. Um, you, 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 I'm just saying, fishing ain't easy. Now, I'm, a, I'm just going to read this and I'm going to close because I, I got too much information today. 
I'm going to read this. I'm just going to read this because sometimes when you study in like this and somebody hit it so, so well, there's nothing you can add to it. There's nothing you can add to it. You, you just have to read it. I'm going to read this and I'm going to close because this is fascinating to me. And I think this will help all of us because it really helped me. Okay, and I'm getting to the point. I think if it helped me, it should help you. It talks, it talks about the fisherman. Whose fault is it when we don't catch fish? You ever thought about that? Some of us have been fishing hard. We've been, we've been working hard, ministering to our families and our loved ones and our co-workers and our friends. We've been ministering everywhere we go and we ain't catching no fish. Mm. Whose fault is it? Let me read what this guy says. I'm going to close. It, it, it is the fisher's fault that, no, is it the fisher's fault nothing is taken? If he do only play upon the sands, meaning if the fisherman only go in there playing, I used to take, take Ray fishing with me. And, and we, 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 you know, when kids, you take kids fishing, he, like he's 14, 15 years old. And, and you know, he, and he's throwing rocks in the water, playing, casting, getting snagged. You, you know, that's what it means. It says, if, if, he, if the fisherman is only playing the sands and do not launch out into the deep, mm-hmm. now he spiritualizes it or delivers some superficial and less necessary truths without opening to the people the great mysteries of godliness. Okay? Now, he's talking about spiritual fishing. He said if, the, if they fish with broken nets, how many fish are you going to catch if you got a broken net? They deliver unsound doctrine. He's talking about, he's talking about preachers and evangelists and, and, and Christians. They, they deliver unsound doctrine. Or lead unexemplary lives. Or their lives don't match. Or their lives don't match what they're talking about. Okay? If they do not cast the net on the right side of the ship. Stay with me because this is interesting. That is, rightly divide the word. He's saying, if they do not cast the net on the right side of the ship, that is, rightly divide the word. As a workman that needed not be ashamed. I always say in, in 2 Corinthians 11, the Bible says Satan has his ministers. See, like Satan ministers catch more fish than God's ministers. And why is that? He got the right bait. He know what they like. Unsound doctrine. They, 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 you know, uh, Satan's, Satan's folks love, you know, love the fact that ain't, ain't nothing wrong with getting high. Ain't nothing wrong with drinking. You know, God, God made wine. God turned water into wine. Okay? Watch. And if they do not fish, uh-oh, at Christ's command, but run a fishing unsent, okay? It is no wonder that they labor all the days and catch nothing. Now, this is where it gets interesting because he puts the emphasis on the fish. Now, I don't know what you're fishing for. I thought this was fascinating. I'm going to make a copy of this and bring it, maybe bring it Wednesday. He says, but very often it is the fish's fault. Did y'all hear what I said? It is the fish's fault rather than the fishermen. Why? Because worldly men and women are crafty and cunning. They will not come near the net. How about that? You ever try to engage one of your loved ones, one of your godless loved ones in the gospel? They ain't coming near it. They ain't coming near it. Hypocrites are slippery like eels. 
The fisherman cannot hold him long. You know, you ever been fishing and you, you, you get the fish and you, you try to take it off the hook and it jump back in the water. It happens a lot. It happens more than people think. Okay? You think you got them and they jump right off back off into the water. How about this? Priding themselves on external performances and satisfying themselves with a round of duties. Here's what Jeremiah wrote. I'm going to get ready to close. He says this in Jeremiah 5.5. 5. Now, y'all remember Jeremiah, right? Let me give you a little background on Jeremiah. He was called the weeping prophet. Okay. The Bible said Jeremiah preached his whole life. How many people got saved under Jeremiah's preaching? Anybody know? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> he was one of the great. When you start talking about when you go when you go in the Bible and look, the greatest prophet that ever lived. You you probably gonna have Isaiah first and Ezekiel and then Jeremiah. I don't know how many people got saved under Isaiah's on ministry. Okay. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah five five. He says this. I will get me unto the great men and I will speak unto them for they have known the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. Watch this now. But these have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. They don't want nothing to do with it. They don't want nothing to do with the word of God. Great men don't know what to do with the want nothing to do with the word of God. Talking about the fishermen and the fish. Fishing. Fishing. Being a fisherman of men, not an easy task. Not an easy task. Okay? First of all, you got to go where the fish live. You got to go where the fish live. Nobody, nobody, nobody going to stay at a place where the fish ain't biting. You got to go where the fish are at. And you know where they're at? They're, they're in unnatural and unfamiliar territories. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you got to be able to go in there. We live in a crazy world. Y'all listen to Jake pray? Y'all ever really listen to what he's talking about? Man, now we got to minister to people who don't even know if they want to be a man or a woman. Yeah. Now you're trying to minister to that kind of person. You minister to someone who, who love getting high, love drugs, and you minister and you got to go to unfamiliar ground. Fishing takes patience. Patience. And, and I know some of y'all don't like that word, patience. But I, I waited 79 years. My, my dad got saved at 79. He was 79. Think about that. Y'all was here. Most of y'all was here when he came and gave his life to the Lord. And when he gave his life to the Lord, I don't think he missed another Sunday until he got sick. Sat right over there, two, two rows behind Toya. Him and Chester were best buddies. Sat in Cana, Sunday school, Cana, Cana Wednesday night Bible study and enjoyed himself. Now, the funniest thing he ever said, he said, I had, up until I got, he said, yeah, I've never gave him a nickel to the church. And then, and then, then uh, I think Debbie was here at that time and gave him a receipt of how much money he had gave to the church. He, was, he just chuckled how much he had given to the church for that year. So fishing, fishing takes perseverance and patience. And here's the last one. If you want to be better at fishing, learn from better fishermen. How about that? You go, you ever go to the bait shop up at Mosquito Lake 
they, they got books and stuff. They got maps of the whole lake and tell you where all different types of fish be at and how deep they are. And people will come back from fishing and they'll tell you how, they, once they, how many fish they caught and all kind of different things. That's always what I'm saying is we always learn we want to be better fishermen. And we need to know what fish like. I'm not saying being unbiblical. But think about what we did just a couple weeks ago when we had a great celebration. Folks, folks are going to come out. And sometimes we have to use our resources. Sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone if we're going to reach a lost world. Let me say that again, just for good measure. Sometimes we got to get out of our comfort zone if we're going to reach the lost. We're not, they're not just going to ride by here and come. Sometimes we got we to gotta get them. We got to go get them. We got to offer them something. To want to come and hear the gospel. I think it's that important to me. So with that said. Let's pray. Amen. 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 Precious Lord make us. Fishers of men. Get us out of our comfort zone. Get us a little uneasy. Yes Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your strength and your glory. Touch our hearts. And touch the hearts that we come, the, the people we come in contact with. And then when we come into contact with someone that's different, someone that's different, someone that we may consider weird or strange or, or just evil. Yes, Lord. And if it's your will that we minister to that person or give that person the gospel, give us the courage to do it. Father God. We want to reach the unreachable. Time is short. There's folks right now need to be saved. They're they looking for a place where they can come and hear the word of God. Father God, let us be that place. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name.